there's only one way to start this podcast. And to do that, I need to channel my inner Doug from The Hangover. We are back! We are back! We're getting Doug back! And we're the three best friends that anyone could have. Alright, <laughs> whatever. Welcome back to the Movie Babble Podcast. We took a little bit of a, hi- of a hiatus for a while there. And, well, it's to work, one, on my speaking. And then, <laughs> two, and life gets a little busy sometimes, you know? But we're happy to be back. It's me and Steve once again. And this time, it's Halloween, so... Well, I guess really depends on when you're listening to this, but we publish this on Halloween. So, we decided that it would be a great idea to talk about the state of horror, where it's been, where it's going, and where it is right now, right in the present. So, so yeah, we had a lot of fun uh, recording this one for you. It was a lot of fun to get into the nitty-gritty of horror and some of the really shitty places that it's been in the, in recent time, but... We had a lot of fun, but before we get to that, I must direct you towards moviebabblereviews.com, our website, which is uh, pretty fancy. It's pretty great. And I just published, I hate the two my own horn here, but I just published a little article on the DC premiere of If Beale Street Could Talk. I had the opportunity to, to go to the premiere, and it was a pretty awesome experience. I got to interview Barry Jenkins and the rest of the cast. And then I saw a pretty great movie. A review for that will be coming shortly, but if you want to go over to the site and check out my thoughts in the premiere, I'd be really appreciative of that. And now, I guess without further ado, I'll shut the fuck up, and I will cue that music. Back, Stephen. It is lovely to hear your voice again, man. How are you? <laughs> lovely to hear, lovely to hear yours as well. It's been like it, I was, I was saying just there, but like it, it's, it feels like it's been like I know it's been only like what about five or six months since we spoke in person, but it feels like it's been five or six years since we spoke in person because we we kind of what, what episode is this now? This is episode five or six of the podcast. Five? <laughs> I don't know. All our rabid fans probably know better than we do, but <laughs> it's I think it's five. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's good yeah. to be back, man. Life life is busy, but it's good good to hear your voice again, and um, that's just it's good to be back, man. <laughs> Likewise, man. Just again, I want to congratulate you as well on the whole uh, the, the DC the Washington DC uh, Barry Jenkins interview and the premiere there for his new film. I mean, that's that's we were I know we were just talking about, it, but like that I have to really reiterate that because it is kind of it's 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 a huge uh, step up in quality for movie Babel, I think and. If, if if we can keep keep those things going, we can we can expect to be you know just that tiny bit more legitimized in, in the eye of the media. So I think that'll be a. I just want to congratulate you on that. That's that's pretty pretty damn pretty damn amazing to be honest. Yeah, we we're we're moving up in the world, man. We're doing things. <laughs> we are doing the things, and I think the the best part of last night was I didn't shit my pants when I interviewed Barry Jenkins. So that's a win in my book. <laughs> So yeah, we're good. Perfect. We're doing we're doing good. But so I guess the purpose of this podcast here was, you know, it's Halloween. So like horror's a thing right now. <laughs> so oh, yeah. so I think what me and me and Steve thought would be really interesting is kind of just to talk about the state of horror as we see it today and kind of go through where horror was. Like it was in a really dark place the last decade or so and. I mean, both of us are just really excited about where it is right now and where it's going. We'll we'll get into a little bit of uh, the new Halloween, so I guess this is your preemptive spoiler alert for that because I want to spoil the shit on that movie and talk about some of those some of the things that happened in that movie. But nice. <laughs> so I can't wait to talk about it. I guess I guess see, let's just get into it, man. Uh, I'm curious to think what do you, what do you think was I hate to put you on the spot, but like what do you think was the turning point? for modern horror like when did you, when do you think like it's because we had all those really shitty remakes of classics back in the 2000s like the te- yeah. like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and 
the new nightmare on Elm Street, which is god awful and just makes me sad inside. And then, so where do where do you like where do you think uh, horror got its legs again? Yeah, it's hard to kind of pin like point your put like put your finger on exactly where or what film or what year. Or, like, but like in the noughties, you kind of touched on there with the remakes. I mean, it it did have a kind of a just a spore of remakes trying to capture the success again. I mean, you can go back to any. I, I, I know it's kind of it's always been a staple in, in the horror genre. Like look at the Friday the 13th movies back in the eight in the eighties, and it, again Halloween and Friday the 13th. Like see and even Saw. Like the amount of sequels is just. I, I feel as if horror kind of becomes a parody of itself. When there's so many sequels and remakes, and yeah, but I, I don't know what it like. I haven't seen a remake that has you know captured my imagination as good as the original, even though maybe I'd say maybe I know this is kind of a, a weird one out there, and I, I, it's by no means a fucking turning point. But uh, the, I remember I watched Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead, yeah, I actually wasn't really, I wasn't too, I was kind of, I, was, I wouldn't say it was brilliant, but I was. I was definitely surprised by it when I was a little younger because I got, you know, running zombies now and stuff, but, like, it really is far and few between to watch a remake and go, oh my god, that just nailed it, because I think what they're doing now is that I think the likes of the likes of A20, uh, A24 and Netflix now is kind of it's kind of, it's given more of a kind of creative, experimental kind of uh, feel to these horror movies. Like, there's so many horror movies like I remember only like last year Get Out was a very successful horror movie that was uh, no no that's very only very recently we're not we're kind of fast forwarding in the 90s mm-hmm. but it not only was it a great movie a great horror movie but it was great social commentary as well and I, I think that's what horror movies lacked they got for in the noughties that you know they wanted torture porn they wanted just a sloshy kind of ridiculous movie the, the cash grabs I think the genre was kind of it, it kind of stooped down into stupidity and just wanted the cash grab and hence the sequels but now I don't really think that uh, I don't really think that's the case anymore because we got I mean there's a list of movies here that you know they, they don't really follow suit in that they, they seem a lot more kind of uh, more creative and better directors attached to them and I mean look at look at the amount of even A Quiet Place now as well that's there's even early early Oscar buzz for that movie as well. So <laughs> yeah. I think horror is a genre that's really important, and it's important because it kind of shows us what you know, uh, what we're afraid of in in the kind of in the times that that the movie comes out and how effective it is, and it just kind of lost that in, in the nineties. But now it's now, now it's definitely come back somewhat. I don't know. If, I don't know if you agree with every my rant there. Sorry. <laughs> so I like to. I think this. Well, I, I would say I've been thinking of this a long time, but I literally just thought of this when you were talking just now. Um, <laughs> the, the the I compare like the the two thousands horror. Like we had all, all just just torture porn and just really just nothing movies that are just were looking to shock you. I think I compare it a lot to, to where comedy was at the time too. It's just one of those things where it was just everyone's just trying to outgross one another and just kind of over the top and just more and more. And there was there, there you're you're so right. There was no subtlety or any type of conversation underneath it. It was just just watch people just die in the most gruesome ways. And there's yeah. there's some there's there's some fun in that. I I really enjoy like the Final Destination movies and things like that. Those are really really fun. They're good for what they are. But I think when when you see that in every single movie, it's when it gets when it gets really hard. So I think. I think there's a distinct turning point in horror, and I think it was uh, The Conjuring back in 2013. So, right, right. It, that was kind of, uh, it's, I mean, everyone's probably seen it by now, and it's created its own universe, which is kind of cool to think about. We have a horror, horror universe, but it was, it was kind of classic feeling. There wasn't, there wasn't a lot of, there's not a lot of gore in those movies. I'm pretty sure they're PG-13, honestly, if I can remember correctly i know the nun yeah. the nun and the other um conjuring universe movies are pg-13 so it just kind of it worked it focused more on dread and i mean i know the studio was pretty happy that it was a pg-13 horror movie so more people could see it and increase yeah. their bottom line but it was kind of 
in a sense, a good way to kind of hamstring production. That's kind of the wrong word there, but it just kind of gave James Wan and, and Co. some restraints to work with there, and they had to get yeah. more creative and kind of just work within their means and just be weird and. That's kind of what I love about horror now. It's weird again. <laughs> it's really, yeah. really weird. And I think that goes back. I think it all comes back to the Conjuring. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about that, but that's that's what that's me. No, no. I, I you know, only thinking about it now, I think you're probably right because the Conjuring was yeah, it had a lot more maturity. The Conjuring. It was actually it was as if they were making it back in the kind of the seventies when, when the Exorcist was made and shocked the world and. Uh, made everybody think differently about herbs and not not that it was like I, I don't think the conjuring was you know uh what's the word i'm trying to look for it wasn't very kind of it was like a traditional horror movie but just done right that that's the way i, I looked at the conjuring because like i don't get scared uh watching horror movies to be quite honest with you but it doesn't mean i don't enjoy them i i feel uncomfortable that's the way that's the way i describe yeah like, exactly what horror movies be and there's one fucking scene in that movie, The Conjuring, when uh, I, I get, I feel sick thinking about it in my head. But like <laughs> the, the part where, the part where the kid is like, she walks up, to the, the camera is like looking at this wardrobe, and then the kid is like, she thinks there's something in the wardrobe, oh. and then the camera just pans up really quick, and then there's like, oh, it's just like this fucking woman, just like, it's like a quick snap zoom into the face of this evil demon and. Oh God! I got that is like one of the worst film scares I've ever fucked. Just just to you know, just to highlight how how much fun that movie was and how effective it was. And the thing about that is that you you touched on it there as well with James Wan. I mean, I think James Wan was he he was sort of finding his his feet when he made the first Saw movie. And he he goes back and says that first Saw movie was a fucking nightmare to make because yeah. they had no budget. And the fact that they had no budget, they had to actually come up with things in a clever way they couldn't use cgi they you know there's a lot of that well, that, that movie's riddled with problems but i think after that he did take a kind of noticeable break and i think that was that was the machine that was the kind of that was where he really excelled was the conjuring like that was his like i know he made insidious and insidious is insidious could kind of be a catalyst to that as well maybe that was kind of his playground mm-hmm. area but um I, I really think the conjuring i, I told you i just thinking about it now, I I'd actually totally agree because I can't I can't think of a horror movie before that that was kind of, you know, that was as impactful, uh, maturely, not just some scream sequel or Final Destination or Saw or something. It was, it was grand, even though that has a sequel as well. I, I I actually think the second Conjuring is just as good as the first. I think it's a really fun movie. It's it's kind of the same thing where it's everything. It kind of has that. I think it has that sequelitis type of thing where everything's bigger and more like yeah kind of just insane but it's really really fun like it's it's a great horror movie but yeah but totally yeah so i i agree with you there like i i was trying to think of another movie before the conjuring that was kind of important to the modern state of horror and i really can't think of it honestly i just have gross jackie early hair jackie Earl haley stuck in my brain from the new nightmare on elm street where it's just <laughs> where they just oh my god they just took all of the the, just the joy and fun out of that character and just made it really just depressing and gross and I just yeah. don't I just it goes it goes beyond gross where it's interesting it's just gross or I just don't want to live in this world anymore I just want this movie to be yeah. over but that, that's sorry go, no sorry. go ahead it's all you man all you <laughs> no I, I was just going to say like you, the way you said it there like the way you know the naughties kind of had this kind of gross focus and like you look at movies like remember when the human centipede came out everybody Ugh. was talking about how gross it was and like th- there was no substance to it it was just and that was that was kind of that was pretty much in, in a nutshell every movie in the naughties because it was it wasn't the filmmaking that people were interested in it was just the kind of the the, the gross imagery that people could actually watch and, and depict and there's no it's that's kind of a shallow way of making a movie and I like I don't know if you've if you ever if you've ever seen this. Uh, I think it's, it's called the Serbian film. It's literally called the Serbian film. No, I've never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, that's just fucking. I mean, man, that is like the pinnacle of uh, just uh, disgusting <laughs> shit. Uh, it is like in every way imaginable. It, 
it's just disgusting. And um, you know, you, if you think if you think Saw is bad or Hostel is bad, no, not that this film is gory or anything like that, but it is gory, but it's not kind of. There's something about Saw that is kind of disturbing, but this is disturbing in a more kind of like literally psychopathic way. Like you, 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 you'd be embarrassed to have your name attached to this. I'd say, but uh, it, it, I think you're dead right. And I'm only before I even sat down to, to record this podcast, I didn't even think of that. And I, I think that's the word to describe the noise. It's just a, a, a gore focus, and that is just so shallow. Yeah, to be honest, and then. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree there. And then we kind of get where after so a conjuring kind of like it was kind of like the big boom or big bang, whatever the hell that is. But of of all of this, and um, so after that, we start to get some really really fun, interesting. Some of them not fun. Some of them just very depressing. Just just interesting takes back in horror again. And yeah. So we get we get the Annabelle movie, which is not great. The first one, the second one's pretty fun, yeah. but then we we kind of that's kind of right around that time was when my my favorite distributor A twenty four came around, and that's kind of yeah. and they started to get their footing, and then shortly after that was kind of it was Ex Machina, which I think is probably one of the best science, probably one of the best science fiction movies of the two thousands. Um, yeah, and it's also just really creepy. And we kind of get we kind of see these weird genre bending films again, which kind of goes back to there being depth in these movies once again, where we have so, something very uh, recent like Get Out, which is which is what Jordan Peele essentially called a social thriller. And then we kind of yeah. get these weird like even back to like The Witch, we get this this just this bizarre I I forget what you call that era, but just of of just pagans and. It's all dialect accurate to the times, and it's yeah, just, it's just all kind of yeah. It's just all these weird kind of takes back to where it's just create creativity is back, and I think it's it's kind of it kind of goes along with the boom in uh, just content in general in the recent years because now there's so many there are so many outlets for stuff now like. There, like last year, I think they said there, I think somewhere there was a stat that said there was 500 TV shows in production, and it's like you, there, there's no possible way you wow. could watch all of this shit, but it's yeah, it's made for some really really cool stuff that is just different and weird, and I think that's kind of the word I always go back to is it's weird. I love when people kind of use that negatively, but weird is probably one of the best adjectives I could give a movie. Cause, yeah. Um. So I, as like as a critic, like I saw like over a hundred movies last year, and the ones I remember are the ones that are weird and are interesting in that way. Yeah. And yeah, it's not like like I like I sometimes look through the through the uh, the archives of Movie Babble, and I kind of like see these like these movies that I reviewed, and I was like, wait, I'm like, wait, that's a movie? <laughs> like, what is this? I don't even remember this. <laughs> And it's just because there's just so much blandness, and I think, but I think it's one of those things where horror is a very dependable uh, monetary investment for studios. There's a built-in audience, so they they're just gonna keep making them. And I think it's one of those things now where I think horror is the most diverse genre in film right now, which is kind of cool when considering yeah. where we were a decade ago. So. Yeah, big time. I mean, you said it there with A twenty four when they have a like. I, is it, I remember is it follows A twenty four as well, or I can't remember if it um, was or not. It might I don't be, think so. but it's kind of in that same vein, though. You know. Yeah, but. it's it's all kind of simple. Like even Hereditary, that's A twenty four. Hereditary was very very. Uh, I love like Hereditary. I, I watched I watched Hereditary. And I really really liked it. Um, but you can tell that it was just com- it was completely. You know, geared towards this kind of artsy direction, fantastic acting, and it's almost as if, like to me, it's almost as if people. It's almost like filmmakers who are kind of who excel in drama, like creating like a, just a normal drama. They kind of seem, they seem to be jumping on the horror bandwagon as well because they use they. A lot of them seem like dramas now. I find like look at Get Out and Hereditary, and it's hardly like this crazy Sam Raimi Evil Dead. 
yeah. film anymore. It, it's agree. just it, it's a lot more kind of real now. There's a lot more. It, even even if it might be supernatural, it always sound it always seems like it's cemented within a reality that we can believe in, and that's what really makes them kind of scary at the end of the day. Because even even go back to like, even a, a, a movie I really love uh, called uh, Don't Breed. Yes. So, yes. Great. <laughs> that's I, a fucking great movie because it doesn't have to I, I, cause I don't, I'm not really I'm not really superstitious but I, I do tend to get more I have a proclivity to get more afraid of things that are actually you know a, a tangible threat if yeah you know me too mean. so you know it, it, the, I think there can only be so many you know religious movies that were that horror movies that deal with some sort of religiosity mm-hmm. it's, it's just yeah. kind of it, it's always lost in the sauce and I don't know I do prefer a movie like Don't Read. And then, so that brings us to what I really wanted to talk about here, which is the new Halloween. And, spoilers, yeah. my, my fucking favorite movie, favorite scene in this movie is Michael Myers stomping New Loomis's face in. <laughs> and you see his guts splatter from his brain everywhere onto the, onto the ground. And it's so gruesome, and I freaked out in the movies. It was so great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it showed you everything there. It did not show away. Like, usually for some scenes, it shows away and it kind of lets your mind fill in. It lets people's minds fill in the gaps. But that scene, well, they they just showed everything. They showed two shots of it. Like, when he actually stomped on the head and it cut away and looked at Michael Myers' face, kind of, like, tilted down, looking at the head all, like, amused. Yeah. And then it went, then, like, then it showed you again from a different angle, like from a kind of side angle, and I was like, oh god. But yeah, it's it's fucking brutal. So what are your, um, let's just get your like overall thoughts on the new Halloween. Here. Uh, I I I saw it a few days ago, um, and yeah, I, I have to say I, I really really enjoyed it. Uh, I think it's probably the like you mentioned it earlier on. Um, it, it's it's kind of it falls into that bracket of a soft reboot almost as well it's uh it, I, I thought it was fantastic like as, as far as a halloween movie goes i think that's probably the best you're gonna get in a, in a halloween sequel because what it did was it, it, it took what the original did and it kind of stylized things a little bit better and um it, it didn't i wouldn't say it re, totally reinvents the genre or anything like that it kind of perfects that slasher movie kind of uh, sub genre yeah but at the same time i, I still think uh, I, I thought the performances were really good i thought the, the the use of tension was really good the all these little homages and references to the first movie i like the way it almost kind of it kind of ignored every other sequel after the first movie that's the way i felt and then it just kind of focused on what the first movie did right I mean, it's it's. I mean, I read your review on on, on Movie Babble, and I, I, even you, even in your review, you're saying that even, like, this movie is not without its its classic tropes. You know, you still have characters making dumb decisions, and <laughs> uh, a lot of stupid things happen in the movie. But like these stupid things were like what Halloween kind of classically invented back then. So it, I feel as if it kind of owns these these mistakes. Or owns these kind of uh, uh, contrivances, um, but no. Overall, I thought it was. A, I, 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 I read your review. You, you gave it a, a solid B, which I fully, fully agree with that. I, I give it a probably a B, even a B plus or something. Yeah, it's. it's yeah, I think it's great. It's really fun. It's a really, really fun movie again, which I'm happy about. Uh, just, I think it does. A, I think um, David Gordon Green and Danny McBride went into this movie saying that they just didn't want to deal at all with the the mythology that was created in the sequels and they yeah. just wanted to just make them just make a good Halloween movie again and that's what we got and I'm really excited about that it's just really nice to see that type of thing that type of movie again we just get to watch Michael Myers just be menacing and not have to weird about weird druid shit and just like it's just it's just fun <laughs> it's really fun yeah. and you feel the tension one more time kind of what we were talking about earlier it's and i think i i i need to shout out um the dad character here uh toby huss i think the characters the actor's name is he was so fucking funny in this <laughs> movie where 
the one just the one scene where he's just go like they're in the kitchen and he drops peanut butter on himself and he's like ah, I dropped peanut butter on my penis <laughs> it's just that movie, it just came out of nowhere <laughs> I mean yeah. I was laughing at that wait like far too long and everyone yeah. I think everyone around me got um, concerned for what the hell I was doing but um, it was <laughs> it, it was yeah, just, he, does, he does have a good few one-liners as well like even when Laurie was in the well, I, I, I suppose we can talk about it. Like, spoilers everywhere. Yeah, spoil- I said that a long ago. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a scene where, I remember, uh, Laurie comes into the house and she has the, she's, she literally has a gun in her hand. And he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, Michael Myers is coming. He's escaping. And he, he's like, come on. I, I know jujitsu. Come on. I'll, I'll be, fu- we'll be fine. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I think it's... It's just a throwaway line. It's one of those... It's this thing. It's, it's just... I like it when slasher movies... They have character in kind of every sense of the word where you have there's there's there are some characters in this movie that they're only there to just die and be be gruesomely murdered. But there's a bunch of characters where they have like their little bits where it's like, Oh, I like that person. I hope that they're I hope that they succeed. Like yeah. um just kinda of with the father, with those kind of things. He, like there's there's a bunch of just little thing like instances in this movie where it kind of just humanizes everybody and like it just kind of shows them just going about their business and doing whatever so I just I just really appreciate that it just has like it just slows down just enough for you to care about these weird characters and let them be weird and just do their thing and I I think that's really fun and it makes the Michael Myers stuff even better which is where I think this movie shines best where you see that especially that that continuous shot where he goes from house to house and just murders people. Oh, Mur- I love is, that. Is I my, it is so, so, so great. And that's just, yeah. it's that, that type of artistry has been missing basically since the first Halloween movie in 1978. So there might be some yeah. nostalgia and some nice, lovely nostalgia just blend in all of this, but I don't care. I ate it all up and I loved it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the way we mentioned it there as well, but I, I love the way the movie kind of plays with comedy as well. Like, it, it, I think it's important for, like, any movie that's kind of considered very, very uh, self, you know, very, uh, just kind of very serious, you need to have these kind of moments of, you know, comic relief. And there are so many different kind of funny, but, like, even, remember the, the kid cutting his toenails uh, when he's getting <laughs> babysitted by, uh, I don't remember the name, the, names, the name of the character, but, he was, he was he was just an absolutely brilliant actor like and he's a kid he's like, he's like six years old and, and he's so funny and he remember he was the girl was like oh come on like uh you know you're my favorite kid and then he's like oh you, you're just gonna come over and smoke weed all day all night <laughs> <laughs> he <laughs> stole the show he really stole the show i think everyone he was the probably the best part of the movie for a lot of people like they were <laughs> they were going nuts listening to him in the theater and yeah. it was so funny to hear him yeah it was brilliant it was it was really really fun but I just it was just good to see like I was saying it's just good to see a, a good like a good Halloween movie again and I I kind of hope that they don't make any more but you know they're going to but yeah. it's just I, I don't know how you feel about the rest of the Halloween franchise but it's just there's some interesting bits in there. Uh, I don't, I don't hate Rob Zombie's movies as much as everyone else does. I, they're not good by any sense of the word, but there's nuggets of interesting things in there. Yeah. And then, the rest of I kind of sometimes appreciate how insane, um, some of the sequels get at times. But it's just nice to get this this franchise is back to its roots, and it's all just about killing and just pure evil, and that's all I ever wanted out of this movie so every other any sins that it has are kind of okay with me at this point so yeah, yeah. good I mean, good talk, by me talking about like the, the, you mentioned the sequels that like if they're gonna maybe carry this on because th- this is a this uh, apparently this is the I think it's the third most successful horror movie weekend ever I think it, I read that somewhere but it's then, definitely the most successful fra- slasher movie ever made that's for sure yeah and it's the most successful uh, movie. I read this somewhere as well. It's the most successful movie with a female lead over the age of fifty-five. Yeah, which is kind of crazy as well when you think about it. Because 
like J- Jamie Lee Curtis like I know her character seems a lot more kind of uh, off the wall this time and she's almost like it's almost like uh, the daughter uh, she's played by Andy Matichak. She she's like her version in the first Halloween like she's the way she was in mm-hmm. the first Halloween and you can kind of identify with her and you know, Judy Greer's character is kind of stuck in between them and they kind of got a, a, a cool they got a got a cool kind of a troublesome triangle going on where one of them is like Jamie Lee Curtis is just completely obsessed with Michael Myers and they're kind of it's almost like a Batman Joker thing going on with them because they kind of need each other at the same time although they kind of they're sworn enemies and I know that the, the last third of the movie kind of becomes like Home Alone essentially where you know there's all these traps in the house and Michael Myers is trying to bust in and even, even then there's still are some I know the way you said it even, even in your review you were like no, it's 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 not without it's 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 tropes. I mean, there are a lot of stupid decisions being made by these characters, and but it's it's kind of it, it's what creates these moments. And even though it is kind of a, a home alone kind of uh, emulation at the end, it still is kind of it's it creates tension. It really does create tension. Like the part where Laurie is walking around with that rifle, and you see all the, the, the you see all the kind of mannequins standing there. And I'm just like sitting there at the at the edge of my seat, like just waiting for Michael Myers to pop out. And the the, the thing that really impressed me most about the movie is that when you take a character like Michael Myers, so who is so famous and iconic, and the fact that he was so like he's such an icon in pop culture now, along with you know Jason Voorhees and Freddy yeah. Krueger, it's 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 hard to imagine that they can even still to this day make a movie. Where a character that we seem to know so well is still fucking scary. He's still, it's still, he's still a creepy character. There's still some kind of mysterious about him. And I love the way they don't show his face. Yeah, I, I, lo- I really cool. loved that part too. It was really great. Yeah, one on one, you just you never show his face, and then that's it. You're you're off to the races. You 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 can your mind will imagine a way worse thing behind that mask, and that's what the movie does. So exactly, it's. I, I'm I'm very happy that and also I need to mention John Carpenter's score in this movie is awesome. Oh yeah. It was so great to have him back. I I read a lot of where Jason Blum I I mean he's a businessman. He works for Blumhouse, he's gonna make a lot of money on his low budget movies. But he said he was not going to make a Halloween sequel unless he could get John Carpenter's blessing and get him back involved and I think it was really cool to get that piece back because that score is so good and it's not just a like a like a recreation of the original it has its bits especially when um, Laurie disappears um, on the on the uh, ground when Michael looks over the ledge and I love that callback to the original it was so good and I think that was it was done a lot better than a lot of kind of these callbacks to other stuff where it actually meant something to the story and the plot moving forward, which is really, really fun. But that, that Carpenter yeah. score had like those drones in there and just made it creepy. And, and the, the, I have it burn into my mind when he's just walking around town and like the music is just blaring and he's just holding his knife, just walking calmly. And it was just so yeah. creepy and good. I loved it. So, so yeah. great. Like, I kind of feel sorry for John Carpenter though because I feel as if over the years they've, you know, he's just watched his baby get warped and twisted <laughs> yeah. into worse shit and then I feel as if this is the movie that he finally deserves to, you know, after putting up with all that punishment after watching these kind of mediocre sequels after sequel after sequel and this, like that's the thing about the score is that like, what did you think about, think about the intro? I thought the intro was so well done in the Asylum. I it it kind of gave me zombie vibes at time with the weird laughing um, inmates, but it was like yeah. it was like unhinged just enough where it was just kind of just again I just go back to it it was weird and I love that yeah. I just I just love my weird movies so it was yeah and I just I don't know what this movie says about podcasters I think I guess we're the devil now <laughs> that we, we should probably. <laughs> We should probably just stop um, just recording this and just go find something else the better to do because apparently <laughs> the Halloween franchise hates us all. But <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm really I'm with you there. It's a great great opening. I mean, but sorry to cut in, but 
did you stay for the after scene credits? So I did not because I just figured not every movie needs to have a Marvel end credit scene now. But yeah, it's just I I, I guess we're we're ready for more. I don't I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I didn't, but what I heard was that like there's no scene at the end, but when the credits stop rolling and it's just a blank screen and there's no sound, apparently you can hear uh, breathing. Oh, that's like fun. You hear Michael Myers breathing behind the mask. So I kind of thought that was a perfect little kind of hint that, you know, because Michael Myers is a character, even though he's human, there is some kind of immortal about him. So, yeah, I, I, don't, think he's, I don't think he's dead. I, I, I never think he's dead. Yeah, and judging by the, the box office returns, there's no way <laughs> that they're going to yeah. just let him just go, like, die now. They're going to milk this again, and we might see some more druids and more weird things later on. <laughs> And then we'll get another, we'll get a fourth hol- movie titled Halloween. And yeah. we'll be back, we'll be back here in 2030 talking about this all over again. <laughs> but, so I think with that, I think we should move to where we think horror is going. Because I think there's some really interesting things, not only for the rest of this year, but next year coming, which I think we'll just kind of improve on what we're talking about with the state of horror so i think yeah. i think the next one on the docket i is is the new suspiria from yeah luca guadagnino who weirdly enough i a great filmmaker and call me by her name is probably one of my probably my favorite movie of last year if not definitely top five and it's really really funny just to see that jump from just really sweet uh really emotional and romantic movie to just a vile what what is looking like a vile disgusting movie <laughs> yeah I don't know totally. what you th- I, mean, I don't know what you think apparently, about it no no I was, I was just going to say that apparently like the, uh, the the kind of you know the kind of headline for this is that Dakota Dakota Johnson she, she went through two years of ballet dancing just to get prepared for this role and she said by the time the film was over she had to get therapy because it was just so damn disturbing filming some of these scenes so that kind of gives gives people a taste. If you don't know what this is, this that's a taste of uh, what type of movie you're going to watch. I mean, I, I presume you've, you've seen the trailer as well. And yeah. There are kind of dark undertones. And apparently this is the fourth time that uh, L- Luca would... I can't even say his name. Here we go again with the names. Uh, <laughs> uh, L- Italian uh, Luca Guad- Guadino. Guadagnino. I'm leaving all this in. Don't worry. I'm just going to come with Luca. Luca, I'm saying... It's called Luke, Luke, Luca G. Luca G. Luca G. That's, that's way better. It's, it's as well. This is the fourth time he's used Tilda Swinton in a movie, I think. I think so, too, her. yeah. Yeah, he's, he used her in A Bigger Splash, The Protagonist, uh, another movie called I Am Love as well, which, which are all kind of uh, very dramatic films. And just like you were saying, Spirit is kind of a jump for him. It is a bit crazy and off the wall. So. Yeah, what, what do you have... Have you you've seen the original, right? Or no, I haven't seen the original. Okay, so I actually just watched the original the uh, the other day because I just knew, like, you know what? I need to go into this movie with some type of reference. And yeah. the I'm there's some there's some people who are gonna hate me for this, but it's it hasn't aged well. It's one of those movies where it's well, it's Dario Argento, so it's it's really well filmed and. And Corey, it looks beautiful. All the sets are amazing, and has a really cool sense of style. But it's, it's really stilted and kind of robotic. Like all of the people, there's there's two extremes of how the people talk. It's either just nothing that's very robotic, or they're just crazy, like over the top. And I just never like felt the bond there. And then there's a basically a third act lead in where. A psychiatrist comes in. It's like, oh, let, let me tell you what's what's going on here, and all these troubling things and witches, and here's what's happening at this school. And you're like, oh, okay. And then you kind of have to just go from there. You're, it's trying to solve a mystery, and then it just kind of gives up and says, here's here's the mystery, <laughs> here's what's going on here. But it's really fun. I would, if if I was on Rotten Tomatoes, I would give it, I'd give it a fresh rating, but not two like I'd give it a three out of five like right on the fresh line because I think it has its problems but so I think it's 
one of these in- instances where even though it has kind of a bit of a, a legacy behind it, where it's a really interesting movie to kind of to do over again with a different look at it, because obviously Luca probably looks up to Dario Argento so much because they're both Italian filmmakers, and the, yeah. Dario probably had a big um, impact on what he does. So it'll be really interesting to kind of see what he does with this movie because the first one is kind of like madcap. It's just weird and insane. And this movie kind of looks like it's doing something a lot different. And it's, I'm pretty sure it's also two and a half hours. And the, wow. and the original, the original is just an, is a quick hour and a half. So, I mean, it might become indulgent, but I'm just kind of, I'm just fascinated to see what this movie does because it just, early buzz is saying that this movie is just weird, just insane. Like it just goes for broke and it kind of just leaves you kind of what we were talking about earlier where just you stumble out of the theater afterwards. So I don't, it's, I don't know. It's, I'm really interested to see. I think I'm seeing it later this, uh, this coming week. So um, I might need to do an emergency. I might need to do an emergency pod about it. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) And I'll be there. (laughs) But like, I was going to say that this is like a perfect example of, you know, we were saying that earlier, the way big filmmakers, like, Kind of, uh, kind of, kind of, uh, really successful filmmakers in terms of awards and stuff. That they've kind of, they, they, he's an example of it. Like he, he's, he was part of. Um, he's, he's got so many good movies, kind of dramatic, kind of powerful movies behind under his belt. But then he's, he's going into, he's going into horror right now. And I think a lot of directors are doing that right now. And that's that's where, that seems to be where the genre is going. They're getting more mature directors. Mm, totally this agree. Is no, no exception. This is out in November second, I think. That's, that's like in a week away or something. Yeah, I think it's it's I think it's it's already out in L.A. and New York. So and then oh, it's gonna yeah. it's gonna do one of those things where it goes wider this week. I think so. Yeah. Most people, I think it'll probably have some fun Halloween night showing somewhere. But it's one thing to look out to. What what other movies are you kind of looking forward to as we move forward here? Here, but the one that's popping out right now is I don't know the the, the trailer only came out recently uh, Pet Cemetery yeah that's coming out in April another Stephen King adaptation I mean the, the Stephen King is just like they he is rolling around in the money <laughs> it, it seems to be like every every year like two adaptations come out like what was it last year I think it was the year before that was like uh, the, uh, the Dark Tower and then It yeah. The next year would be Pet Cemetery and It Part Two. So Pet Cemetery, if I don't know if you're very familiar with it, but uh, obviously based on another Stephen King book, uh, kind of a, a classic uh, horror horror novel that he wrote. Uh, Jason Clark is in it, and it's it's basically about uh, this family that moved to this uh, rural part of the country, and their cat gets run over by a big truck. <laughs> and, uh, they, there's like a place called Pet Cemetery where they they decided to bury the cat in the middle of the woods, which that wasn't the best idea, apparently. So, and that's where John John Lithgow kind of enigmatically come, comes in and gives all the exposition, and you know, like shouldn't have done that. And the kind of tagline to the movie is like, you know, some things are better off dead. Yeah. I, I think this will. It's it's coming out in April. It's, it's quite a while away, but I feel as if not a lot of people are talking about it. So I thought that was going to be one that would be one to kind of explore. I think especially especially after it last year, we're gonna see so many Stephen King adaptations, either remade or made or just made it for the first time in the next couple of years. And um, it'll be re- actually because I mean another, another interesting take is the the Doctor Sleep movie, which is the um, Se- the yeah, sequel, sequel to, to the, Shining. Yeah, it's gonna that's coming out. Apparently, Ewan McGregor is in it, I think, or something like that. And that's gonna it's gonna just be just another crazy Stephen King movie. I'm really, I'm really interested to see how that movie turns out. Um, that might probably be. I'm not sure if that's coming out next year, or the year after, but it'll be. That's another one that's kind of on my docket as well. But um, yeah, you have anything? Have anything else? Uh, I was going to talk about uh, the New Mutants. I, I couldn't yeah. say the word earlier, but yeah. Um, I mean, I know it's it's. It's 20th Century Fox, and it's with Marvel again, and they're they're kind of very hit and miss. But the, the reason why I'm kind of, I wouldn't say, 
I wouldn't say I'm exactly stoked for it, but it does make me kind of interested in seeing what they can do with a. I mean, like, have they ever really done a horror movie that's kind of centered around, you know, popular superheroes? Like, I, I can't really think of one. Like, it's, I can't either. I mean, I, just to spin off of what you were saying there about Stephen King, this is directed by Josh Boone, who did uh, Fault in Their Stars. Another director that's fucking, you know, comes from a, ba- a pretty prestigious background, I suppose. And, he, and see, speaking of Stephen King, he's apparently going to be directing The Stand, which is... It, it, I'm reading at the minute and it's probably Stephen King's like people call it Stephen King's masterpiece is just like absolute best book the best work he's ever done and mm-hmm. uh, Josh Boone is gonna he's gonna direct that apparently but the, the he's, he's he takes center stage with directing the new mutants though and uh, it's kind of weird I mean it has uh, Anya, Taylor, Anya Taylor Joy from Split and The Witch in it she seems to be doing pretty well with these with these horror releases and Maisie Williams as well. Everybody knows Maisie Williams from Game of Thrones, and yeah. it just has all the th- all the makings of you know uh, a kind of kind of big, a kind of semi big movie that will kind of I, I feel as if it will be if it is good, it will remain good for maybe a while, and then we might just forget about it again. But I hope we don't get another X Men Apocalypse or something. But I really I really don't think that's going to happen because the New Mutants is kind of I have to admit, it, it is kind of a weird take, and that's the word we, we kind of throw around a lot on this podcast right now. But I think weird is generally good, if you know what yeah. I, if you know what I mean. So. so I'm I'm worried about this movie because it was supposed to come out in April of this year originally. Yeah. And then the whole Disney Fox thing kind of happened. It became a like a deal, and somehow then they just took the movie off the slate and apparently so they got pushed back to next year and um so they're saying they're going to reshoot some of the scenes and kind of do some things with that which kind of has me really worried and i'm nervous because it's moved a couple times at this point like it was originally they pushed it back to november of this year now they pushed it back to all the way of next to next year and i'm nervous with the, I'm with you where I really liked what I saw from the trailer originally. Um, I thought it was a really cool idea. But yeah. But then, but now we're kind of at the place where um, this could kind of backfire and turn yeah. into something that where they took it away from the director and becomes kind of like a bland um, nothing of a movie. So I'm cautiously... Yeah optimistic maybe pet cautiously puff pessimistic <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i really don't yeah, know i'm just kind of i'm just kind of worried i would agree with you but yeah, i would agree with you because like it is kind of like it, it, it might not like you were saying it's a good concept but its execution might go down the drain because of the whole the whole uh, marvel 20th century fox debacle and even the new dark phoenix movie could kind of pull away a bit from that too i'm not sure but yeah, cautiously optimistic. Nail the head. That's yeah. exactly how I feel. I think the one I'm really looking forward to, and I know nothing about this movie as of yet because they haven't shown anything for it, is Jordan Peele's next movie, which is oh, yeah. which is called which is called Us what? Us just yeah. U S. And um, apparently, it's kind of it's another um, Jordan Peele is calling it another social thriller. So we're gonna get something like. I don't want to say similar to Get Out, but it's going to be in that vein where it's just going to be yeah. just very interesting. I'm really excited to see that movie. I think it comes out in March, March 30th or something like that. So another Blumhouse wow. movie. So that's coming out early. I think I imagine we'll probably get a trailer for it sometime soon. It'll just drop it in nowhere. And everyone will just go freak. Yeah. Everyone will freak out about it. So that's one that I'm very interested in. That's probably going to be one of my most anticipated movies of the year next year. Just... I just yeah. want to see. I just want to see what Jordan Peele does next. I'm very fascinated yeah, it, by that. It, it gets you very excited when he just says that it's another social thriller. I mean, that's all you need to hear. Yeah, exactly. It really, is all you need to hear. Um, do you have anything else for I us? Don't even, I don't even. Sorry, I don't even know much about that film. I didn't look into it properly, but um, yeah, I mean, damn, I'm kind of almost raging that I didn't look into it because I want to. I want to know more about it, but at the same time, I, want, I just want to kind of keep it at bay and then just wait till it comes around and. But Jordan Peele really, really did prove himself and get out. So 
No, I, absolutely. Yeah. Um. Uh, I got a, a Bird Box, which is coming out in December, a Netflix movie, Sandra Bullock. Oh, yeah, talk about it. Go ahead. Yeah, it's, uh, it's directed by Oscar-winning director, writer and director, uh, Suzanne, Suzanne Beer. I don't think you might say her second name again, but Beer, Beer, I don't know how to say her second name. <laughs> Pretty know, but... I think the next episode is just going to be me just like giving you a piece of paper and you're just going to have to just ex- just try to enunciate names. <laughs> yeah, correct each podcast thing. Yeah. This is, I mean, this looks pretty interesting. It kind of, something about it that kind of reminds me of A Quiet Place because it's kind of dealing with the whole, it's kind of set in this rural environment and it's all about uh, Sandra Bullock looking after these, these children. They're on the run from something. It's not really sure what it is and, uh, Sarah Paulson and John Malkovich are in it as well and it, it basically centers around uh, Sandra Bullock as a character who uh, in the, in the, tra- it's, the trailer is really kind of all over the place to be honest but she's like she's pregnant at one stage and then she wakes up in the forest the, the, the main kind of linchpin of the whole film right now seems to be the, the part of the trailer where she just wakes up in the forest blindfolded and she yeah. there's, there's a reason why she's blindfolded I think she she is supposed to look at these monsters or creatures that are in the that are in the woods, and you know, if you look on their synopsis, it's like apparently it's like a futuristic dystopia that they're in. So it's not your everyday kind of front of the mill, you know, Riverside that they're on. And um, I think, like again, here we go again with the, with the another Oscar-worthy director, prestigious prestigious filmmaker. Bird Box is another one that could could kind of knock things out of the park. Yeah, so. I, I'm gonna be honest. I haven't seen anything for this movie. <laughs> I know because I, I saw the trailer dropped, and other people on the movie Bible staff were freaking out about it and things like that. And I was like, you know what? I'm good. I don't need to watch anything. <laughs> I'm just gonna go see this movie because it's one of those things like we're so inundated by like media and trailers and footage now, where it's really hard to kind of stay away from stuff. But I still think with Netflix, it's really pretty easy to kind of. If you haven't, if you don't watch the trailer, you can kind of go in blind to it, and that's yeah. kind of how I want want to do with this because I heard it was just this weird, un, not like, not li- maybe not linear, maybe not just whatever, and I'm just I'm, I'm just gonna watch that one night and just turn all the lights out and just see what happens. So I am very excited yeah. for it though. Sandra Bullock in a interesting, twisty movie with a great director. I mean, there's it's it's good stuff. You're not gonna see much yeah. better than that in theaters. That's for sure.